Hello and welcome to the Raptor Show for Sports F590 The Fan. I'm your host, Ben Lou. Joined live inside of Hotel X, the site of Raptors Media Day this year. Uh, would you say it's an upgrade over Scotiabank Arena? Is this the banter people want at the start of the show? Because it's a uh, banter pod specialist, Alex Wong, talking ball today. What's going on? Yeah, it was great to wake up at 8 in the morning today. You know, Masai Ujiri personally invited us to a breakfast. And it was cool to catch up with a lot of media members. You know, this is not your first rodeo in terms of media day, but... No, I'm, a, I'm a made man. You're a made man um, and a madman because you're in a suit today. Um, but, you know, it's always media day is always exciting because it's really like the official start of the season. I don't know if you feel that way. Yeah, it's got a lot of first day of school vibes. It's a lot of like, ooh, look at the new clothes you're wearing. Um, you know, people getting new haircuts. A couple of haircut updates right off the bat. Uh, Malachi buzzed his head. He buzzed he buzz his head. Um, yeah. Over under on the uh, cost of the haircut, what would you say? I mean, realistically, it's an NBA player paying for a haircut, so that's at least 100 bucks. You think that buzz cut was $100? I'm just telling you. So my dad has been bald for quite a while now. No mm. offense to my dad. Balding, right? He grows hair on the side. Yeah, the side. you spalding, he balding. Damn. Hmm. Um, Bars. Yeah, I've been shaving his head. Like, <laughs> wait, regularly. wait, you cut your dad's hair? Yeah, so, okay, okay, we'll get into media day stuff, but we're, we're too much in the banter to, uh, pod uh, era. No, we're going to shake this off, man. Um, like Beyonce. Is that Beyonce? Anyways, yeah, go on. That's... That's Taylor Swift. Shakira? Oh, oh, Taylor Swift. That's, that's, my bad. That's, that's your goat. My bad. Taylor Swift. Show some my goat. So you cut your dad's hair? Yeah, so the, the setup is uh, we, we went to Niagara Falls, you know, back in the day as all immigrants do. It's, it's part of the, like the Canadian experience is you go to Niagara Falls. Something Utah Watanabe, I don't know if he ever did. I believe he did. He literally did that. Okay. And, and he okay. got the poncho. Nice. Uh, poncho Hernan Gomez. Come on, Sorry, man. guys. Uh, Locked in. And so we still have that poncho, like, 20 years later. He puts on that poncho, and then, <laughs> and then, and then I buzz his head at home. That, that's wild. My brother's buzzed my dad's head. My, my mom has. but uh, That's one less if, expense. If Malachi wanted to save 100 bucks, he could have, you know, I, I would have stepped up to the plate. But anyway, um, so a couple of haircut updates. But, uh, no, it's just good, man. It really does feel like first day of school. Mm-hmm. Seeing everyone again, you get excited. Um, funny thing is the questions this year, in my opinion, were just so funny because – it's the same group of guys. It's, it's, it really, like, when you see them all together, you're like, oh, that's the team I just saw. Not saying that, like, they're going to be the exact same, but for the most part, the people are the same, you know? So I feel like that's just rare in media days in general. Like, usually you see much more activity of, like, here's a new guy. You know, obviously the years past, like, the most memorable one was Kawhi. You know, I don't know where you're sitting at. <laughs> Yeah, that one. Yeah, we should have just played a clip there instead of having you laugh. That's fine, and that's fine. You know, production level is going to go up soon when we are back in the studio, October seventeenth. But yeah, you're right. And also the other part of media day. I mean, we're going to get to it. There wasn't a lot of controversy this summer, right? Um, you know, OG did talk about the the trade rumors that he was involved in, and we'll definitely get to that. But like you said, there's a lot of continuity. I think this team is. You know, this is another development year as, as much as people want to place the high expectations on this team. And I think they should. I, I think they should. I think this is a very confident group. And, you know, the Rico Hines runs that everybody, uh, you know, followed during the summer, that was a big topic of conversation today as well, yep. um, including the hiring of Rico. But I thought we could start with, you know, the, the head of the snake, Masai Ujiri, you know, batting leadoff today at, at the presser. 
Um, not going to lie, you know, I, I think Maasai's been known for dropping a lot of classic pressers. And again, it might go back to the fact you said, not a lot happened. Not a lot happened in the summer for this team, except for just, you know, internal development and growth. Uh, that, was a, that was a very mid uh, Maasai Ujiri presser in terms of on a scale of one to like, you know, get me hyped and, and get me motivated for my whole life. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, look, Maasai has really like set the bar high, right? So um, I even think back to a year ago, because uh, this is also the site of where he announced his re-signing. Man, the Raptors really have free agency for everybody. Coaches, players, executives. Producers not- of the Raptors show. <laughs> Raptors show producers. Congratulations on your free agency, by the way. No, there were a lot of suitors. <laughs> the bidding was uh, was high. Yeah, that's for right. Sure. There's, there's like nine sports networks, you know, in Toronto, um, that all bid. All, all of them called for sure. It's all good. Cap. Um, yeah, Masai just set the bar really high for himself, man. That's that's really the thing. So, um, none of those like classic lines that you would normally see. Um, and I think the one thing you're starting to pick up on Masai's interviews is anytime he's asked any slightly difficult question, or let's just say like direct question he will inevitably pivot it to the goal is to win mm. you know this you know, is his go-to this is anytime his go-to. it's like you know hey Masai, um, there were trade conversations uh involving og Anobi. how did this go and he'd be like listen guys the goal of sports is to win we're in this to win everybody here is focused on winning og is a winning player and then he'll he'll talk for 30 more seconds you're like damn you're right it is about winning you forget exactly what you said. So he's very good at this. This is why he is low-key a, a politician. You know, he's able to shape the conversation the way he wants. And Masai did say today, quote, we play sports to win, we compete to win, and we expect to win, which... Uh, That's I right. Believe, I, I didn't have that quote in front of me. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. I believe we'll just paraphrase that. But, okay, first thing, let's talk about kind of the expectations that some of the people set, um, you know, from Masai to Nick to some of the players... You know, Masai straight up came out and said, because I think he understands the expectations for this team is very high coming off how they finished last season. You know, he said, quote, are we good enough to win a championship? I don't know if we are there yet, but are we good enough to grow? I think so. You know, again, a very pol- politician answer, but, but I do think that is really the right expectation to set for this team. What do you think? You know, I'm a little surprised. Okay. I thought Masai would... As always, come out and say the expectations of the championship. But I like that he's realistic about it. Listen, I don't, you know, I don't, you know, when players like Fred come out and say the goal is always the championship, I think that's true. Yep. And, you know, Kyle used to say that all the time too. But sometimes you have to be realistic about it, right? Like, they're not competing for a championship this season. I mean, don't, you're going to give me the whole, like if, a, is there a 5% chance? There is a 5% chance. And, and you know, that's why Daryl Morey has uh, had a job for the past two decades. Cause every year he says, uh, there's a 5% chance that my team can win the championship. Damn. And I haven't seen that happen. He's added up the five. It's added up to a hundred. <laughs> um, but this yeah. guy said my chance to win a championship is the margin of error. <laughs> oh, Polling error. But like, I think that's the right expectation to set because you, you also don't want to get too out of hand with what you want to see from this team. Because at some point, you have to recognize that this is a young team. Mm. And a lot of times, it's hard for young teams. Like, go through the young teams in the league, right? Yep. I think Memphis is probably the best example in terms of where you think the Raptors could get to. In terms of a young team with, with a really exciting core. You know, you look at Scotty and Pascal the same way. Maybe they look at, like, a John Moran and Jaron Jackson. 
can the Raptors compete for like a two seed, three seed this season? For sure. But I feel like the playoffs is going to be another year for them to find out like what's missing about this squad. Yeah, that's fair. Look, I, th- I think those are the realistic expectations. Um, but again, like Masai, though, that's the thing. I just wanted some like quotable bars, you know? That's why all the big reporters He was holding out. He was holding Here's the thing. Out. Like, usually when Masai speaks, you see a lot of reporters here that wouldn't be here normally. The, mm. Like, you got the beat who's everywhere all mm. the time, right? That's the, the role. And then, like, the big calmness come out when Masai speaks. Oh, and the, the reason Bruce, they come out. The Bruce Arthurs, you know? Yeah, shout out to Bruce Arthur, man. We had a little chat, too, um, at the breakfast, at the GOA breakfast. Um, the Goa. <laughs> Go talk. <laughs> Goa talk. Um, Sorry, everybody. Yeah, anyway. We're shaking off that off-season. Yeah, don't worry, don't worry. When we get back to the radio, it'll be, uh, yeah. it'll be much more uh, Spoiler, formal. this is just how we always are. So That's fair. Uh, nothing's going to change. Yeah. Well, you know, Nick, Nick did talk about in terms of expectations, how he's raising the expectations a bit because of the continuity, like you mentioned, heading into the season. He said, quote, last season, we weren't really sure what we were. We saw that early in the season. We're growing together, and I think we're ready to go. We should feel confident in who we are. This kind of reminds me of, you know, when Paul George, I think, gathered some of the Raptors players at the Rico Hines runs, and it's like, man, if y'all don't start 8-2, and two, like, I'll be shocked. I think there's a lot of expectations for this team to come out of the gate way stronger than last year when they were a 500 team, basically, through the first 50 games. Yeah, that's actually one of the things for them. So, you know, we, we were granted a, a pair of exclusive uh, sit-down interviews. One of them, we already plugged Chris Boucher. Keep the other one quiet for now, I guess, but... Um, one of the questions I asked Chris was just like, well, like, so you guys have been working a lot in the summer, right? And I think to me, the scope of it didn't really fully dawn on me because the way it was described was, so we see the Rico Hines runs and we literally saw them nonstop, right? We saw them working on Vegas as well. Um, the way the Rico runs worked was that like the Raptors would hold practice for like two hours and then they would do the runs, which were also directed by coaches. So it wasn't like, there was active coaching. They weren't calling timeout and being like, hey, after this timeout, we're going to run a pick and roll for Gabe Brown to come off a pin down on the weak side. Like, there wasn't any of that kind of stuff. But, like, the team essentially, the way Chris described it to me was like, it's like we've had three training camps already. So I think that does absolutely help, especially when you consider the start of last season, right? Like, what happened on opening night? Um, you predicted Raptors going to win by 30 against the Wizards off the vibes alone. They were coming back to Toronto after being in Tampa. They had fans in the building. They were destroyed by the Wizards. And uh, not even destroyed, because the Wizards didn't even play well. The Raptors just couldn't score at all. Hey, man, Lupe Fiasco performed at halftime. Yeah. So somebody won that night, and it was me. And the Raptors played a fiasco on loop for the first three quarters of that game. (laughs) Once again, man, we're shaking off the rust. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's a a tough one. (laughs) We're in an empty room right now. Shout out to Mark Savelle. You know, what do you think the property value of this room is? We're literally in this empty room of just me and you, and we're staring at the wall. That's actually why it's a little bit echoey, I think, um, if you you listen to it. But, um, yeah, the point is, like, just at the start of last season, it was much more chaotic, right? OG was, like, given a lot of free reign to like score at will and Fred had to like do everything for the team and Scotty was a rookie Precious was just new to the team you know like Pascal was injured that was the biggest thing that was the biggest thing Goron was starting oh my god which is a great piece of trivia for Raptors fans moving forward Goron somehow played a, a Paige Stojakovic role on the team despite not being traded until uh, the trade deadline so I don't know man it, it's just when you cut out that first period, I think there were like nine and thirteen at the start of the year and stuff. Like, cut out that period, you actually start the season strong again. Like the, the step we keep going back to is like the Raptors from January first onward 
played at a 55-win pace. So can you just do a play at a 55-win pace from the start of the season? You know, and it's quite possible. They have the guys to kind of do it. Um, I mean, increasingly intrigued by the idea of just having only bigs off the bench. I mean, we already kind of saw that last year, but the Raptors really didn't play their bench that much. Um, but 6'9", Delano at point guard, 6'9", Otto Porter at shooting guard. Thad Young, I guess, is your three at 6'9", as well. Chris Boucher, 6'10", power forward. Your Precious Achua, 6'9", center. You want to put Christian Coloco in that group. They do, they do keep mentioning him, right? They'll see if he's ready. Obviously, you got to see the rookies ready. You really don't know until they prove it. But if he's in that group, then you got a 7-1 center. Like, you literally have the biggest bench in the league if you do that. Um, and so... Yeah, I'm just excited to see the team. It's, it's, a, it's a continuation of last year. Like, it's like one of those seasons where it's like between seasons of Friends. You're not worried if, like, Monica died or something. Like, no, mm. they're just going to bring back the same core six, and they're going to try to keep being funny. Okay, okay. They're going to try. Um, yeah, you know, speaking to the Rico Hines runs, you know, Nick was very encouraged by seeing all the work uh, that was put in. You know, he said, quote, I sense a little bit of urgency, togetherness, and real intensity and it's interesting, too, Fred and Scotty both talked about how much they were motivated by that first-round series loss to Philadelphia, um, which I feel like, I don't know, I don't know if we ever properly contextualized, you know, how the guys or, or how the organization felt about that first-round series, because you went in, and remember, it was all house money talk, right? And, and it was very disappointing for them to fall down 3-0, especially losing that game three at home in overtime. But then the house money kind of theory came back when they won the next two and then, you know, had a valiant effort, didn't embarrass themselves. But Fred said, quote, we got our asses kicked. We lost to a team we thought we could beat, so it was time to go back to the drawing board. Scotty talked about how he was really motivated by that postseason experience because he also thought they should have gotten further. So, you know, it, it's all fun and games to see the Rico Hines runs, but, but I love that, especially with Fred being a leader of this team, you know, I think a lot of guys do follow him and Pascal off the court that, you know, they're very serious about this. And, I'm, you know, I'm not saying, like, every hooper isn't serious in the NBA, you know, shouts to ball don't stop. <laughs> what? <laughs> but, Out of nowhere. No, but I love, but I love this, right? Like, I, I love that there is kind of a group initiative and an objective to, to come in this season because I think they recognize as well as anybody that a strong regular season is going to put them in a position to, you know, actually make a run in the playoffs. Because, you know, two weeks out from the postseason last year, they were fighting to get out of the play-in. Yeah, and that's the spot that you don't want to be in, even though the East is quite competitive. There's a lot of continuity with a lot of teams around the league. Um, so that's that's the part that's a little tricky. There just honestly wasn't that much activity in the offseason, too. But, yeah, um, I think the thing I admire is just Fred and Pascal's leaders of the group, like, they're proven. Like, I think anybody can take some inspiration from what they do in terms of the NBA, right? Like, Fred's literally undrafted, and he's small. And Pascal was raw, and he was the 27th pick. Honestly, he probably would have slid out of the first round if the Raptors didn't draft him there. That's quite possible. Because he's already down to 27 at that point. And it's like, well, like, if they can make their careers into All-NBA, into All-Star, into Max Contract, into... Uh, championship, then, and this is how they're working, right? Like, you see in the offseason, like, why do, are there all the Rico Hines runs? Why do they hire Rico? Pascal. Pascal's there every summer, and all the players are like, well, he's already way better than us, and he's working like this. How about we all go there and work out and, and, and put in that kind of time? And it's not to say that Pascal is like some coach of the team, but it's like, it's like any other business. Like, if you have a healthy work environment and you see someone being great, 
the other people in that room should be picking their brain in terms of what to do and to try to replicate that. And so, yeah, I think that's the number one thing is just the continuity. Um, I think the other thing too is just like how much better is Pascal? I remember watching, you know, uh, Fred talk about how he doesn't like to put expectations on everybody, although he does say his predictions are true, come true quite often, um, which I have to bring up once again that it was on this show where he said for the first time that he's going to be an all-star this year. Hmm. Um, Damn, what do you facts. say, man? Try to make all, all defense. He was all defense third team. I know there's no such thing, but he was. Yeah, we got to push. Know? We got to push the all defensive agenda oh, this year, especially if he's more helping. propaganda videos on the way. As long as Fred forces ten turnovers, I will be uh, putting that together. Courtesy NBA advanced stats uh, rights are not my own. Um, <laughs> shouting out a website. You know, uh, listen, man. man you know, you shouting out a website. It's different. It's different these days. You know, uh, but, it's definitely not different. Uh, but no, but he said yeah. he's like, look, Pascal got better, and it's like that is still mm-hmm. one of the main things. Is how good are your best players, right? And if Pascal makes that next jump, and I know Pascal talked about what's the quote? I want to be a top five player. I want to be a, right. one of the best players in the NBA. I think he already is one of the best players, considering he made All NBA. That's what I'm saying. He but, technically is top 15, you know, regardless of how you feel about the different CBS, ESPN rankings. I mean, the thing with top 15, like, I get it, but a couple guys are injured too. Like, you know what I mean? Like Kawhi didn't make the All-NBA couple team. Guys you are say injured, better than Kawhi? And I wouldn't say that. And you're battling um, the positions too, right? Because they're still voting by position. So I would put him maybe like, I don't know, like what, 25? I think 15 20, to 25. 15 to 20, 15 to 20 is how I would probably rank okay. Pascal anyway. Okay. But again, it's like, can you make a leap, right? A lot of 15 to 20 players in the league, but not, you know, like you got to be yeah. a Steph Curry, a KD, a LeBron, a Giannis level type of player, or Kawhi level type of player to make it and win it all the time. And it's like, well, so. Where's that leap coming from? Is it a little bit of everything or is there a specific area where you're like, okay, this is how he gets to the next level? I think it's for him, it's, it's just. Obviously, the jump shooting, right? And it's it's not just generally jump shooting. It's like pull up shots. Like, are, are, are is he going to be able to? Or are defenses able to like sag off and sort of like you know, um, sort of force him to drive? I think that kind of strategy you saw a lot less of it last season. Um, you saw a lot more teams double teaming Pascal instead. So even if he was attacking the mid range area and maybe potentially settling for a, uh, a mid range jumper, people would still double team and force the ball out of his hands. So. We've seen the passing element come along. And I think the thing is, like, Pascal's not the kind of guy who you give him the ball every single time down, like a, Le- like a Luka, like a LeBron type, right? Um, he's able to score in a variety of ways. You know, it, it reminds me not of Giannis, because Giannis can do the, the physically freaky things that I don't think Pascal can do um, with the, 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 the force and the dominance that uh, Giannis is able to play with. But similar kind of deal. Like, when you look at Milwaukee, they actually don't give Giannis the ball every single time down. He just gets 30 points because he's great on cuts, great on putbacks. He's on, active on defense. Obviously, a nightmare in transition. Can, you know, screen and roll. And it's like the variety of things that he can do really gets him to the numbers that he gets to. And Pascal kind of has a similar element to his game as well. So, you know, um, but ultimately, I think at the end of the day, it's going to be like those hard games in the playoffs. And you kind of got to go shot for shot with somebody for a while. And I thought Pascal kind of did that in the Sixer series. Maybe not for all six games, but let's be real, man. Even star players don't do it six games. Like, let's say the seven-game series, if you could be a star for four of those, I'd be pretty happy. Yeah, no, I think that's fair expectations. And again, one of the great things, I think, just from seeing Pascal, you know, the things that he shared this summer and even hearing him talk today at Media Day, you know, things just feel a lot lighter to him. You know, I think 
I think coming into, especially last season, coming off the injury, you know, coming back to Toronto, the bubble, the Tampa experience, there's a lot of expectations, and he's talked about it personally too, how he lost a little bit of that joy and he wanted to rediscover that. You know, to, to me, like, from an off-the-court standpoint, that's the most encouraging thing for me is I love seeing Pascal just being in that mood again of not, like, feeling like the weight of the world on his shoulders. And yeah. once again, I just go back to the fact that he has a he has a much better team now. This is, like, the best squad that he's been on outside of the championship season, and I think that means a lot. Um, switching topics, like you mentioned, with Fred. So... Um, a little bit about Fred in the present and then a little bit about his future with the team as well. So Nick Nurse, guaranteed. Well, he didn't guarantee, but he did come out and admit that we are going to play Fred less minutes this season. This was a huge topic last year. We, we know that you know some of the minutes probably did contribute to him wearing down down the stretch. Fred wasn't like all-star Fred in the, um, in the playoffs against Philly. Uh, still didn't think he fouled uh, Tyrese Maxey on that first possession of game one. but you Talk know, about it. We might got to get uh, Victor, the ref, on to break down that play. Um, Their well, names that, are. That, that really set the tone, man. Um, so Fred was also asked about playing with a lot of ball-handling wings, and he said, quote, I'm not one of those guys that needs to play with the ball or play without the ball. I'm just a basketball player. But then he also added, maybe I'm crazy, but I don't even feel like I have the ball that much. Uh, you know, f- as someone who studies, uh, you know, Raptors uh, basketball inside and out, well, what do you think of Fred's assessment in terms of him thinking that, you know, he doesn't actually have the ball as much as I think people say he does? I mean, compared to other all-star guards, if you compare his touches to like a DeMar or like a Darius Garland or LaMelo, like he probably does touch the ball less than those guys, despite him playing more minutes than those guys. By the way, he played, what, 37 and a half minutes per game last season? Like, 37.9 minutes per game last season. I think, I think the goal is to get him to, like, even if you get him to, like, 35 or slightly under 35. <laughs> <laughs> That's two minutes what a, a game. What difference does that make, man? It, add, it adds up a little bit. It man. adds up, man. This, this guy, this guy <laughs> gave him Fred a dividend card. He gave him 1% cash back on minutes, man. He gave, took, took two but minutes off his 38. Realistically, we know Nick and the way he distributes his minutes. Are, are, you really, are you really, you know, expecting Fred to play, like, 32 minutes? No, and that's why I, I don't really – it's like I believe when I see it. You're calling cap. You're calling cap on Nick Nurse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, seriously, okay. I, I think I am. Because uh, I think when he gets into the tight moments, he's like, mm, am I going to risk this game because I need to play Fred 2% less minutes, or am I going to play him? And they're going to play him. And I think all the fans are going to probably be happy that – He's going to play those minutes, and um, obviously, again, like it's it's really about managing injury. But to the point about him with the touches, you know, he kind of talked about it a little bit as well in terms of just like, you know, I don't know where this idea came from that like I'm a ball dominant player. Really, not a ball dominant player. Like if, if you just look at it, like he's not, he's not, um, he's not that kind of guy. Like again, a lot of players can probably take something from Fred in the ability that he has to to operate off ball, hunts for shots off ball, and again, like. He's not the guy who needs to take the shot. I think where people sometimes look at it is like, okay, the Raptors are down like four or five points and like they can't get a bucket at all. And Fred just like takes like a 35 foot pull up. We, we can all imagine that. Like sometimes when people see that and they're like, okay, that's a bad shot. There's also a guy, a guy who's trying to take responsibility for the team and, and get the team going. But when you look at his touching, his, 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 his passes, like 
really isn't that ball dominant of a player. I mean, am I, am I, am I, you know, purposely filling time here so I can pull up NBA stats and get you the exact numbers? Yes, but no, you're fine. But, man. but Alex, like, you give us your impression. While no, I, I think while the other thing that people, stat. I think the opposite side of it is like, how many games last year when Fred was struggling with his shot? And when the Raptors needed something in that fourth quarter, like, he always came through, right? Like, like, do we forget about those moments, too? Um, you know, I think having him on the floor, to me, like, he has a lot of irreplaceable skills, even for his size at the point guard. And that's why when Nick looks over at that bench in those crunch time situations, it's like, how do you leave Fred off the floor? How do you leave Fred off the floor in the third quarter of a close game? Mm-hmm. How do you leave Fred off the floor in the second quarter if they're down by five points? Like, he's the engine that drives so much of this. And, you know, maybe it goes back to the point of, is there someone else that's going to step in and be able to fill those, whatever, 12 to 15 minutes? Or is it going to be by committee? You know, is Scotty going to take a bigger role with the second unit, Pascal, as well? I would imagine that's the route that gonna go, they're going to go, because, like, you know, the backup point guard position we've talked about isn't really that appealing in terms of the options that are there for the team. So I'm with you, man. Like, I really think Fred's going to end up at, like, 35 minutes if they're going to drive it down. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so I finally pulled up the numbers. So in terms of total touches, Fred does lead the team, but a lot of that is him as the point guard bringing the ball up off, across half court, right? That's, that's the standard thing. He's your best ball handler. Again, you have to explain basic basketball. When we're talking about front court touches, like we're talking about like you have the ball in the front court, you're at the three-point line or you're at the post or whatever, and you're, you're essentially given a role in the offense to like, you know, direct the ball or score the ball, make decisions with the ball. He's at 39 per game, tied with Pascal. It's slightly ahead of OG at 35, uh, 34 per game last year. Scotty Barnes at 33, and Gary Trent Jr. was at 31. So we're not actually talking about that big of a difference. And then when you compare it to, like, the, the leaders in terms of the front court touches, when you look at guys like, you know, Joel Embiid at 53, uh, Nikola Jokic at 56, uh, you know, like a Brad Beal at, like, 43, or Jason Tatum at 43, like, that's the kind of, like, there's, there, is a, there is a level and a range to it. So, um in any case, I, I think, um, yeah, he, he can be effective off the ball. I think they know that. They know that the team that lacks three-point shooting probably wants to put the three-point shooter off the ball, even though he can be on the ball and also, you know, catch a shoot for three. But, I, again, like, I, I think that I'm not too worried about their point guard position. It's only if Fred actually gets hurt, then you have to really sort of, like, nip and tuck a little bit. Um, but with Pascal, with Scotty, like, you know, these are guys who can handle. There's nothing, there's nothing groundbreaking this is the exact, that's not the exact same team as last year, but, like, you know this team. Should we just not do this pod then? No, um, no, no. I'm just saying we, we can just replay know. the one from last season if you want. No, we didn't even do one last season because uh, we I'm weren't even sure at we Sportsnet did, yet. Pretty sure we did 15, week, uh, 15 days of, like, preview content, mm. um, which was pretty intense. Why the Raptors will finish 15th? Why they'll finish 14th? <laughs> Why they'll finish 13th? Alex sweating at Joseph Cacharo's place, trying to plug in four laptops and oh mics. goodness, man. So speaking of point guard... You know, in terms of just like this whole positionless thing and, you know, this vision 6-9, Nick Nurse was asked about it and asked whether that style of play is sustainable. He said, quote, there were a lot of positives. If you want to nitpick, you could say we have a tough time guarding a big, but I don't think it was that much of a problem. And then he added that he's got to find better ways, ways to get better with that playing style. You know, it's interesting hearing all the players too, like when you sat down with Otto Porter, when he signed during the summer and, you know, Juancho Hernan Gomez today too, like all the new guys talk about the appeal 
of playing in this system, right? Like how they're able to play different positions, different lineups out there. What is, you know, since you are the second uh, smartest uh, basketball man in Toronto after Nick Nurse, um, what are the evolutions you could see in terms of Nick tinkering with this lineup and all the wings that he has? Yeah, that's definitely not true, um, but we'll just keep that moving. I think, well, the number one thing when you think about having all these, like, six nine forwards who can move their feet is like, okay, it's simple. You just switch everything, right? It's largely how the Clippers, for example, play, especially when they take Zubak off the court. Um, they kind of switch everything. They're able to keep the ball in front. Uh, they limit penetration that way. People can kind of stay not fully at home on shooters because obviously you still send help because you're never going to fully contain one-on-one all the time. Um, but you're, you're, you could stay closer to the shooter, so you don't have to over-help. You don't have to over-rotate. The whole idea is that you don't put yourself into a lot of scramble and rotations um, because then when you're rotations, you can, um, there's room for error and the offense can score. The Raptors take their defensive – like, yes, they have the same 6'9 players. In fact, they probably have more 6'9 players who are more mobile than the Clippers who are longer and stuff like that too. But um, they choose to bring a lot of ball pressure. So instead of, like, in terms of the switching, they actually don't sit back and try to limit penetration. They almost, like – press up and almost encourage you to drive so that they can show you a crowd in the middle of the floor and, you know, force risky passes or force risky dribbles where they can get stripped, they can get turned the ball over, and the Raptors are able to fuel their offensive game from that. So it's actually a very different approach, even though you're taking the same ingredients. Um, the Raptors do a lot of trapping. They do a lot of um, zoning. They do a lot of just all sorts of stuff that sends extra help. You know, the one thing is just, like, you do wonder if it might – produce slightly different results if you just reverted back to switching and, and probably a more conservative style of defense. But at the same time, I, I think fundamentally they're the same. Like, yeah, I, I, they can guard most other positions. There's not a problem about that. There's, like, a few play, players in the league that will struggle to guard. Like, Joel Embiid, they just struggle to guard. Um, but that's a problem for, like, 29 teams. That's a problem for 29 teams, but it's not a problem for 15 teams who don't have to play them in the same conference. Right? The Raptors there's a real chance they have to go through Philadelphia again. If they want to win even the East, they'll probably have to go through Philadelphia at some point unless they only play them in the third round, which they don't get to. Oh. Uh, but, yeah, like, you probably will have to do something. Like, even with Jokic, they do a decent thing where they're able to, like, front the post. They're able to sort of, like, force passes over the top, and they're able to sort of pressure him and, and, and do that kind of stuff. Plus, I think Denver is a different team where they have less secondary playmakers, so you can help off of, like, oh, man, I got to double the – or Jokic in the post, but I got to leave Facundo Campazzo open. They're going to leave Facundo Campazzo open, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I think that's what Nick likes, though, and I think there's a very clear alignment between ownership and the management and also the coaching is just like, this is a style of play we want, and this is why we get players to come in and fit the system. And then that's also why you hear a lot more talk of Christian Coloco than you would normally expect for a second-round rookie because it's like, okay, he's something different. He gives us a different look. Um, you have more true rim protection. Because the, the one thing is, like, outside of Chris Boucher coming in from the weak side, there's not that much shot blocking. Like, yes, like, Precious will block a shot. Yes, Pascal will block a shot. OG will block a shot. But, like, Fred's also always one of the block leaders because he's got the little swipe down. That's more of a steal than a block, but whatever. Do they count those as blocks when yeah. he does that in the low post? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think one of the fun stats from Tampa season, which is not a fun stat, uh, I'll pull up to confirm. But I'm pretty sure Fred was second on the team in blocks that season. Mm-hmm which is uh, pretty nuts to say. Yeah, well, while you're, uh, you know, getting your stats on, 
Fred VanVleet was literally second on the team in blocks that year. Chris Boucher had 111, uh, Pascal Siakam had 37, and Fred VanVleet had 37. Damn. Put some respect on Fred, please, A 5'11 man. guy has the second most blocks on the team. That says more about the fact that you have a lack of rim protection mm-hmm. outside of Chris being help, able to help, and now you have Christian who's able to meet you above the rim. But think, again, we'll see how much he plays. Do you think Precious can develop into that a little bit in terms of that defensive presence? I think so, but I mean, I, I think a lot of blocks are like, okay, so it depends on what kind of shots you guard, right? Like, that's why I think block numbers were way higher. Like, you know, you know, I know you're a big Shaq stand, so you know this. You have Shaq games where he's like... Yeah, I'm one of like nine million Shaq stands in the world. Yeah, Shaq has, a, Shaq has... You act like I'm rooting for like an Inker Print Jet staff member. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, I know you're a big fan of Shaq, uh, the, the, the obscure man that is that he is. But Shaq's it looks like... the big Barishnikov. Yeah, the, you know, he, he whatever you just said there, he, he, he would have like 25 points, 15 rebounds, 10 blocks. Like, he'll have like that kind of triple-double. But I think that speaks to the style of play. Like, guys were kind of posting up a lot, right? And so we want to post up, and they want to turn, and want, you can time it right, you can block them, right? I've seen you at, I've seen you at uh, some of these games. You can have some lockdown defense in your, in your game. But, A, like, pe- there's just no more post-ups, right? So blocks are going to be lower from that. The floor is also way more, way more spread. So the kick-out pass is most likely going to be made for most players. So there's less blocks opportunities to sort of, like, make a play at the rim. And then also it's like most blocks are just like help side blocks. You know, like whoever is not necessarily the main defender in the pick and roll, the, the, the third defender in the pick and roll who wasn't guarding the ball, who wasn't guarding the roller, third defender who rotating over from the baseline is usually the one who probably records that block. And, yeah, I don't know. The Raptors have that with Chris, but now they have another guy in, in Christian who is so long that maybe he's able to block a couple as then so that, that main pick and roll setting, the way you would watch like a Jared Allen or – I, I guess even a Clint Capella or like a, you know, whatever. But, yeah, Precious isn't fully like that. He's, he's more positionally sound. He's very strong. He absorbs contact, doesn't foul, verticality. And also, like, even just standing around watching him talk to Messiah and stuff, I'm like, all right, he's not that tall. He's like 6'8". So you're hating on the height of these players? No, I'm just saying. saying like, it's not like a 7-footer. Are you calling there. Precious a short king right now? What's going on? I mean, on the Raptors, he might be on the second, lower half of, like, who's the tallest <laughs> player on the team. It's weird. Oh, damn. Well, you know, speaking of Clint Capella's uh, rim protection, reminds me i got to get league pass because that's what I do it for, you know? Oh, yeah. I love watching these bigs uh, protect the paint. Um, you know, one of the running themes, too, was a lot of people asking about Scotty Barnes and, and what position he plays and, and whether – you know, he prefers to play point guard. And Nick was asked about it. He laughed, and, and he pointed out that Scotty has in his Instagram profile, um, you know, he's list, he lists himself as a point guard. Uh, but, but Nick did say he plans to use him similarly to last year, but will get more opportunities to initiate offense. Uh, he said, quote, he likes that position, point guard. He likes it behind his name. Scotty was asked about it, too, and you know, he, he told the story, I'm pretty sure it's publicized, like, he went to Florida State because they had promised him that he was going to play. Big guard university. The point guard That's position. what they called themselves. Okay, yeah. Shouse David Thorpe. And, you know, Scotty said, quote, I've always been a point guard, but I feel like I can, I can do it all no matter what it is. I can play my position, but I've always seen myself as a point guard. We got these questions a lot, too, coming into Scotty's rookie season in terms of, you know, maybe he can take a bigger role uh, at the point guard position, I feel like you've talked about this many times. You just want to see him execute more as a point guard, right? Like run, pick, and roll, uh, do all the things that like point guards actually do instead of just like bringing the ball up. 
Here's the thing about the Raptors. They're, yeah. they're positionless. They're beyond positions. Oh, they're like beyond meat? Yeah, yeah. they're beyond meat, like, yeah. but they're beyond positions. Okay. Like, you know, okay. like there's, there's no... So uh, it, they taste terrible, um, <laughs> and it's not real. It's artificial. No, actually, I Who don't goes to a real it. burger spot and is like, let me get the Beyond Meat? Uh, I, hit you me know, up. I, hit I me up, Raptor Show listeners. Meat. If you're a Beyond Meat stan, hit me up. Yeah, well, okay, all right. It's actually yeah. not bad. I really don't, I'm not going to lie to you. Okay, but, okay. Um, Just eat tofu. I, bro, you know what? You don't have to tell me to eat tofu now. <laughs> yeah. Who are you looking at, man? The stinky kind. Oh, oh, bro, stinky, not stinky, oh, whatever, man. Any presentation of tofu, I'm in. Um, yeah, like, the, the point guard thing is really just, like, who has the ball to, like, make decisions and create an advantage. And Scotty, whenever you look at him in real life, you're like, God damn, this guy's like a built like a tank. Like he really has the physical advantages that you would expect to draw a double, to draw help, draw extra attention, and then you can like parlay that off into the next person who's open. Like I mean, like it's not saying basketball is simple, but that that is like largely what happens. Ball don't stop. Uh, no, he and he's a generous passer. You know, <laughs> he the, the, all that passing. You know, that comes real easy to a pure hooper like Scotty. No, but seriously, like like he's. Um, I think that's all people are asking for. Like, who is running the positions of that? Like, do you want him to be a traditional point guard? Like, oh, Scotty brings the ball up half court. He already does that. But, like, that's not what people are talking about. People are talking about, like, ultimately he is the one who has the ball and attacking and operating and everyone playing off of him. He will have turns to do that this year. He absolutely will have turns to do that this year. He had turns to do that last year as well. Um, but I think once you give them the freedom to do that, you also have to sort of open up the rest of his game. Like, for example, at the start of the season, they gave him a lot of freedom. There's a lot of mid-range jumpers. He was actually decent at some of those mid-range jumpers. But it's like, okay, can you make more of those? And also, most importantly, can you make threes instead? You know, and, and obviously we know he can drive and finish. Um, is the handle good enough to get around smaller defenders who might be able to, you know, stay in his way and stuff like that? And, you know, there's a whole path. Again, I think Masagi delivered a, a good reminder, too, that, like, Scotty is a young player. So you don't want to put all that expectation on him. But, you know, I think he's very ambitious. And, and honestly, he's also very smart. Like, the way you get to that all-star level, the way you get to that all, um, max contract level, you know, when, you, when you're talked about as a top-five player, like, you have to handle the ball. Like, nobody's a, nobody's a top-five player in the NBA that doesn't have the ball. You know, like, Rudy Gobert is probably, like, the top, like, I don't have the ball, but I'm a star player. And, he, and he's, he's not really a star. <laughs> Dog, if you, can't, do, if you can't guard a Juancho, how do we get to drag? If you Rudy can't get, Gobert. if you can't guard a Juancho Hernan Gomez pick and pop three for the third oh, time in a row, Raptors when, when they're literally you're you're playing Spain and they're running Spain pick and rolls, oh, and you can't get out to the three point line, life is a movie. and they're attacking you intentionally. Like, yeah, no, you're not a star, man. Damn. Yeah, I think I think the natural transition is you know when you tie into about talking about Fred's minutes is like if you want Fred more off ball, you know you can have Scotty, you can have Pascal initiate. The, the offense, because for me, maybe it's not about the total minutes that comes down for Fred. Maybe it ends up being the same, like I said, in the 35-37 range. But how stressful are those minutes, right? Because it's like it's the same as like when I come do a show in studio and I book two guests for you, that one hour is not the same stress as when I have to sit there and actually talk to you for an hour. Mm. So I think, I think that's what I think the Raptors are going to try to get to. And Fred's talked openly about you know, being willing to be more of an off-ball player, which, which I think he can still be really effective at, I think that's ultimately where they're going to find the, the, the middle ground with Fred. Because, like you said, the way that the roster is currently constructed, it's really hard to see Fred sitting more than, like, two, 
four minute stretches mm. in a game, yep. which would uh, put him at 40 minutes, which is right around um, what he played last season. Um, speaking of Fred, there was also conversations because he is extension eligible until October 17th, which is two days before opening night when the Raptors are going to beat the Cavs by 40 points and OG is going to hold Donovan Mitchell to nine points on four of 19 shooting. Uh, Wong Shadamas, please uh, track that. Okay. So Masai was asked uh, and about the extension talks, and he says he is having ongoing conversations with Fred's camp. And he said, quote, Fred is beloved to us. Uh, these are not things that we discuss publicly, but I think we are in a good place. And Fred did reciprocate that and said, basically told the reporters that, you know, we'll know when he knows, but also added that I'm happy where I am. You know, I think all, all expectations is whether they come to an extension or not. You know, next summer, maybe they'll figure something out because Masai clearly sees Fred as such a huge part of this team on and off the court. But I was thinking about, like, the, the C.J. McCollum extension that he received from New Orleans over the weekend. I believe it's, like, 32 mil uh, each for, the, uh, for two years, right? Like a 64 million, two-year $64 million extension, which he received. Which, again, I feel like when we talk about these, these numbers now, we have to, I guess, mention that the cap is going up. So 30 million, you know, yesterday isn't 30 million today. Yesterday's price is yes. not today's price. Yeah, yesterday's yeah. McCollum is not today's McCollum. And I, I don't know. He's, he's like the exact <laughs> same guy with me for like 10 years in the league now, but pretty decent player. I, I feel like, do you feel like that's a decent comp for Fred in terms of annual salary in that 30 million range? Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's kind of what it's. His, it's very close to his max, so it's like it's one of those things where you can give him the max, but the the max relatively now to the cap is not going to be what it is in the future. I I, I mean I, again we've we've had these discussions, you know, with our our cap specialist, uh, you know, Blake Murphy, oh, yes, o, ODC, O dot D dot C dot. We'll get to the dots later on as well, but um, yeah, like a four year or one ten kind of deal, which is exactly kind of what you're describing. Maybe you can keep it shorter. Maybe you say to Fred, like, hey, maybe we, we meet you at, like, two plus one, and then that way you can sign another deal. You're going to be 30. You will be a free agent again, and then also the cap will be doubled. Makes sense business-wise, right? Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, based on the, what he said and based on what Masai said, pretty happy with the idea that Fred, Fred's going to come back. I, I, I don't feel any, like, doubts about it. Like, you have the exact quotes or what? Yeah, I already read them. Uh, I guess you weren't paying attention. I was uh, uh, looking at my that, Ken Burch. Yeah, that's, that's okay. That's um, okay. You know, I, ju- I just read them. <clears throat> Listeners heard them five minutes ago. Damn, all right. Um, which is all good. Let's see, let's see what else, man. So a couple of more sort of things. So, yes, the, the, the big news for OG Ananobi coming out of camp is that he is now officially going by O.G. instead of OG. And he was asked about it and didn't really give an answer because he's OG Ananobi. Yeah, so this is confusing to me, not because um, this is new. He used to go by this as well. Um, but O.G. implies that it's like his first name and then his middle name. Which is not the case in this case. No, O.G. is a shortened form of his f- first name, Ogugwa. Right. Those are the first two letters. So you don't need to put the dots. But I don't know. I think we OG was asked about this more specifically. He didn't fully explain it, so maybe we need to ask when him again. When has OG ever explained anything? You're right. Actually, he's yeah. an elusive man. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, look, that's as to the I don't know, as to the legend of OG, the mystique. He does do a good job curating mystique, you know. 
Yeah, does Ray he? Mystique. A conversation for another time. Shout out right, to Emma J. Horrible. Brown, New Zealand ambassador. OG was also asked about the trade rumors that were floating around. So for people who need a refresher, you know, it was reported that he was unhappy with his role here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he didn't really specifically address that specific comment, but he said he's happy to be here and also said that he was surprised to hear those reports. Says that he hasn't really talked to uh, Nick about what his role is going to be. I mean, that's pretty direct, man. What, what else do you want him to say? Uh, he wants like, to be like Jake Fisher. That's Cap. Like, what do you want him to do? That's, that's, that's actually what, what I wanted him to well, say. Well, Scotty did that. <laughs> Scotty oh, already did that for Right, him. right. Yeah. On Twitch? Yeah, sorry. I'm not on Twitch. Oh. Um, still on Friendster. Um, and, and OG. What is that? O- OG also what is said. Shout out to my MySpace top nine. Um, he also was asked by front of the program, Lindsay Dunn. Yep. Who, by the way, uh, you know, a true unicorn moment. Uh, we found out that Lindsay, the rare media member who listened to the banter pod during the off season. I believe that's a first. I'm not surprised by this. Not to be like, not to gas us up, but I'm, I'm not surprised by this, man. Okay. If any I'm not other, surprised by if this. you don't think Oran listens, members, you don't any, think Lee band listens. You right, don't think I guess Vivek I just listens. don't respect them to treat them as like an actual reporter. Uh, um, so okay. Lindsay's my first that's one. No need for that. Yeah, mean, Oran, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry, but think about all the things I've done for you behind you, you the scenes. You don't think Raptors PR listens. You don't think Josh Sue but texted you reporter. 17 basketball yeah, emojis. So should Josh Sue, man. Huge help today. That's my media day MVP. Um, yeah, you know, I, I didn't agree. think we were going to hand out any awards. You know, Phil Summers as well. Um, you know, Jennifer Quinn, uh, Justine Jones, uh, Bobby Webster, um, just the entire Raptors organization. Mm. I'm coming in with a real positive mindset this season. You yeah, know? you changed, man. I'm Full looking, time I'm Alex here. Like, Who is Don't this? call me Alex this year. I'm changing to Al. Yeah, Alexander. <laughs> Yo, Alexander Wong is hard. Please man. refer to me as Al. Um, but. Well, what were we saying before the MVP awards, man, about OG Ananobi? Yes. So Lindsay Dunn, uh, shout out to Lindsay Dunn. You know, we, we're going to have her, uh, you know, be, be, be more of a regular on the show this, mm. this season because we love her energy. And, you know, she asked OG what was like the favorite non-basketball thing that he did this summer. And OG said he went for a lot of walks, which, you know, stole my whole flow. And then also said he read a book, but when he was pressed about the book, he said he doesn't remember the book. So he hmm. is the second member of Clutch Sports to pretend to Damn. read books um, <laughs> oh, after wow. at King James. So, uh, that's, I didn't know that's where you're going to go with this. Uh, that's the breaking news for me. That's uh, hilarious. But come on, man. Okay. If you read a single book this summer, yeah. you telling me you would not remember the title of the book? Yeah, this is amazing to me. That's um, cap. That, that is that does, cap. It is a little cappy. A little cappy, but um, what am I going to say? I think it's funny because OG has this thing where it's like, look, if, if anyone had any questions about him, it was going to be OG, right? Mm. Trade talks, trade rumors, you know, unhappy, you know, all this other stuff. It's like, okay, you know, this could be some salacious material. Let's, let's ask OG. And, as, and immediately he just disarms everyone. He's like, uh, first off, wasn't me. That's not shaggy. No, this guy really <laughs> called the shaggy. It wasn't me, yeah. man. They're like, we got you on camera. It wasn't me, you know? It was, oh, like, like, legit. They're like, we got you on Jake yeah, Fisher. Legend- that's a legendary song. I got to add that to Spotify. Yeah, that's a, that's I a, added a, Purple a, Rain to Spotify after Savelle's wedding, after that wonderful dance. Oh, we'll get to it. Oh, was, we'll get to the Savelle. Brenda, Brenda and all, all, the, all the stands at the wedding, if you're listening. Mm. Uh, Mark Savelle recap coming at the end. That's right. That's right. Um, we got to be pros now. Although, technically, I don't know why, but uh, we got to be pros. I'm, I guess I'm wearing a, a vest. or like a, vest, like a, in a suit. 900-square-foot room with nothing staring at a wall. And I'm trying to eat my trail mix without it appearing <laughs> on the mic. Yeah. Um, 
What were we talking about? Oh, yeah, OG. Yeah, he OG just disarms everybody. His he, just, he just disarms yeah. everybody, man. He's just like, yeah. yeah, you know, but I didn't ask, I didn't talk to Nick about my role. I just want to focus on being better as a basketball player. Anyway, I went on some walks and maybe read a book and, and took a nap. If you do get to sit down with OG, I do need a follow up on the book situation. Because that's cat, man. Do you, think we'll, do you think we could get OG to talk for 25 minutes? You've How done many this questions? Before. You were challenged before at Yahoo Sports. I believe you were given like a 15 minute warning. No. Oh, yeah, warning. Yeah, on yeah, media warning. day yeah. that you were going to sit down with OG and you frantically came up with, I, I believe, like the longest list of questions possible. And it turned out to be a pretty good interview. Yeah, so the, for people who want to watch this, it's called 25 Questions with OG on OB. Um, it's two minutes. It's, <laughs> it's not much longer than four. Um, oh, but man, yeah, these wasabi beans. Oh, oh sorry. Anyway, <laughs> shout out to Hotel X. Great hospitality so far. Oh, man. oh that's you're, you're sick, man. Um, but yeah, like he, you have to prepare like probably four questions per minute. Yeah. And that's maybe low. Do you so. look forward to interviewing someone like OG though? Because it's like challenging. Like we already saw a friend of the program like Amy Otterbert in that environment all the time. It's like a Greg Popovich situation. At some point, it's like, are you going to change up well, and just give us something? I know that's, that's your stance. I like OG the way he is. But anyway, he was very disarming and, and very quickly became like, why are you Scotty Barnes' best friend? And why is Scotty Barnes your favorite player in the league? And, you know, it, it, he really effort, questions were asked. effortlessly sidestepped all the questions about his, his, his role or his, his, his happiness or his future or whatever. He effortlessly slid that to the side. He didn't even have to pull them aside. It's about winning. I want to see that sidestep on the court this season, man. Do you? That's what I want to see. <laughs> you want to see a 25% shot? Go ahead. Oh, man. come on. Man. No, I mean, Shout listen, that's probably what the numbers said last year. Maybe I'd love to see that improve, though. I think the thing with me, and I've taken this stance about, you know, OG pushing this persona too far. I think for me, it's just like I just want him to give fans a little bit more. I think fans feed off. I don't know, man. I feel like people love OG. I know, but it's like they love OG off, off like how little he does. How about we get to love OG for how much he gives back to the fans? Okay, fine. Banter pod with OG. Four oh hours. Oh, my God. I'm sitting that Let's one do it. out, man. I'm sitting that I'll have to prepare a thousand I'll be questions. like pulling teeth. Yo, we'll, I'll literally go to the dentist rather than do a banter pod with OG. Man. Nah, you know 97, sec- 97 questions with Vogue are going to be on 970 questions with oh OG. Oh, my man. God. 97 books. With Braun. OG, oh, name one book right now. <laughs> name one book is crazy. He's like, uh, <laughs> Yo, he's like Indigo chapters. Um, no, no, no. Shouts, shouts to OG. I'm sure he read a wonderful book and, and just could not. One singular wonderful it. book, could, maybe. Could, could not think of it. Uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez, as mentioned, talked a lot about hustle. Uh, also, it was interesting. He credited Sergio Scariolo, Marcus Sol, and Jose Calderon as people that he talked to about the Raptors organization. I'm not surprised, man. I'm not surprised. No, like if you're hitting a new organization, you probably talk to three Chinese guys about it, right? Yeah. Taiwanese? Let's move on. Uh, uh, no, back to Juancho. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I'm just not surprised. Like, first of all, the Raptors have had a long history of Spanish players. Name them all. We Name saw your top them all, five. Man. Name top, your top ten. My top ten. five Spanish Jorge Garbajosa. Players. Okay, there's not ten. Okay, so Jose Calderon, number one. There's no doubt about that. Garbajosa got to be number two. Um, no, no, sorry. Mark's number one. My bad, my bad. Mark's number one. I, I, there's, he's so out of the question for me that, you know, he, but Jose Calderon, number two. Jorge Serge Ibaka, number three. technically, too, right? If you want to put Serge in there, man, Serge might be number one above Mark. Oh, okay, you know what? Honestly, by players who have played for the Spanish national team, he's up there. And then who's, who's our fifth player? Lorenzo Brown? Juancho? Oh, wow. You know, like, so. 
Um, so they straight up just naturalized Lorenzo, or they didn't even do that? Yes. They have to do that. Yeah, though, they right? did. Okay. Yeah. But he has no Spanish background. You, you know, there's that like scene from The Office where <laughs> they like they're talking about like they just put like that uh, El Nino like that that specific like you know uh, accent on the end or something. They just did that with Lorenzo. That's what they, they, they put did. the N over the Lorenzo like you're Spanish now. Okay, come win us the chip, and okay. they did. No, I respect that. I respect that. Um, yeah, so that's really most of the news that came out of the pressers today. The Raptors are flying off yep. to Victoria, BC. Yep. Um, safe flights to everyone. Josh Sue, if you're listening to this on the flight, uh, please send me. We are going to endeavor to drop this pod because it's a long flight, man. It's a five-hour flight to go to yeah, Victoria. Chris, Chris, we need to give Chris Boucher something to listen to. Um, oh, man. You know what? This is the thing. So, we put out the. So, obviously, we finally put out our first official tweet. Yeah. Real ones know that there was also another tweet that was deleted. That was yeah. the real first to, tweet. To be clear, Will sent that one. And yes. And he's I'm, on a two week suspension. I'm serving at the my suspension. I'm over like five days in. Please right now. follow at the Raptor Show on Twitter. Yep. Already verified. We were verified without a, without a single tweet. Oh, right. There was a listener on the banter pod who was like, why aren't you guys verified? Well, our show is verified. That's right. That's all that matters. Um, but we finally posted our first tweet from me today, as you planned. Hello and welcome. And then it's a picture of me and a player. It's me and Chris. And, yo, Chris was great, man. He was real. The vibes were good. Were you here? You were here for the interview, weren't you? Yeah. And then we sat in. Yeah. It was talked chill. a little bit with him after just to let him know that we're interested in doing a live event. Yeah. Because we've been talking to Mike Roach about that. So hopefully set that up in November. Yep. For anybody interested. And, and I know Chris has his own, um, I believe, like a charity that, that, that he works with, or at least he probably has a lot of charity, like endeavors around the city mm. that he wants to contribute to. And we'd love to help him with that. Likewise with all the players in yeah, the organization. By we, I mean, you know, listeners of the show who will come out to the live show. Um, you know, we're going to inflate the prices on the tickets. Um, so we can this get more Toronto, money to charity. This is Toronto, baby. This Toronto. No, it's Toronto, baby. A couple years ago. It was landlords landlords only. Yeah. Oh, damn. Uh, oh, wow. Jeez. <laughs> all right. What are we going to do with the theater afterwards when they're in there? Um, what were we going to say? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's Toronto's an expensive place. But anyway, like, yeah, it was, it was cool, like, chatting with Chris. Like, it was actually, like, we took a picture. The vibes are good, you know. Mm-hmm. you know. And I'm excited for that interview to come out, man. I asked him a couple questions. But mostly it's just, like, it's cool, man. It's really cool just, like, seeing him being comfortable in this space now. He's a vet of this game. And um, and plus, you know, now that Utah's gone, we, we might just have to slide over effortlessly. Is it a little shameless on my part? I don't think so. We, we apologize, and now we're good. No, uh, no, I think you're definitely good. Um, it does look kind of funny, though, that I was like, yo, Chris is jumping on every closeout. What is he doing? To like, yo, Chris is the best player on the Raptors, no cap. <laughs> I mean, you're still going to go back to the criticism during the season. Constructive. Exactly. exactly. Criticism. Always constructive. Nothing personal. Um, you know, business never personal. Some, some more behind the scenes uh, for, for everyone who, you know, couldn't attend media day. Like everybody? At Hotel X. Uh, oh, that's right. Shouts to all the civilians out there. You know, shouts to uh, Tim. Um, I don't know if Tim's the type that wants his full name, you know, blasted out there like that. That's fine. But, you know, Goa Talk. This is Goa Talk. Damn. Um, you know, Tim. You know, we, we've gotten to know Tim recently. You know, he, he obviously works closely with, with the Raptors, Messiah Giants of Africa. And it was very good to see him today. Mm-hmm. Um, and hope to connect with them. Uh, you were a little starstruck uh, when we walked out of the presser room and uh, Mr. Nurse was walking in. He was literally right around the corner. Like, I yeah. almost bumped into him. Um, yeah, there was a second I feel like you wanted to say hi, and then I, the social you know, awkwardness kicked in, and then we walked to the uh, elevator and you looked back. 
kind of like you know when a couple separates at an airport and you mm. look back to see if they yeah. look back at you. Real Ross and Rachel moment. <laughs> yeah, please watch one other '90s sitcom. How about no. like Third Rock from the Sun or something? What is that, man? I, I'm not sure. Um, found a great vintage tee the other night, though. Hey, about, about, you know, you remember Blue Man Group? <laughs> what about Blue Man Group? Man? Bought a Blue Man Group tee the other night, man. Sierra, come on, man. Mm. It's got like handprints on it or something. <laughs> Yo, how did you know that, man? Probably um, did, man. You know, uh, Oren Weisfeld, I won't expose you, but, you know, he might have confused two Asians today. So he's It, the, it happens to all of us. You know, man, we, we, we do keep track of this throughout the season, so Oren, that's one point for you. I wasn't expecting Oren to be the first one in the clubhouse, <sighs> but know, it's okay. Hate, it's a long year, man. hate that it had to be him. Yeah, but really it was. Hated. Sorry. Uh, Bobby Webster flashed us the uh, peace sign, and right. Will, uh, you know, uh, gave him an appropriate response by winking at him. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, you're really feeling yourself today. Uh, uh, you know what? I'm a made man, you know? Like. <laughs> I don't know what that means, man. <laughs> I no, it's don't. just cool, man. It's just okay. like, I've been coming to a couple of media days now. I never yeah. remember my first one and being, like, mad nervous. Right. And to the point now where it's, like, and making a lot of introductions to people and not really knowing where to go. And, like, yeah, and within a few years, like, I make the introductions, but people are like, yo, I know who you are. Mm. And we just kind of get straight to talking, and, and we we have more meaningful conversations. There's a lot less anxiety on my part mm. in terms of just like I don't really know this space. I don't know really how to move. Like you know, it's people are more helpful, more more doors opening. But I think fundamentally, it's just also kind of funny to me as a person. I'm just like I'm the exact same person, mm. and my approach is the same. I'm just like a big with a new Banana Raptor Republic geek. tuxedo. Yeah, uh, I'm not wearing right now, but you know. This oh, is, I thought it was a, the same fit. No, Damn, you got a, two suits. This is a sixty dollar clearance rack. A coat that I picked up at Zara. Oh, okay. So it's this is not good, even good North Shore rack. It's a Zara rack. It's a okay. Zara sales rack, which... Uh, I thought Zara's just on sale all the time. That's not like true, Porter man. Airlines. No, that's yeah. not true, man. Sorry. First off, put okay. some respect on Zara. Yeah. Not that they deserve it, you but, know, you know. Fast fashion, you know, maybe not the best way for the environment, but we're not here to judge. Oh, okay. All right. We're not here to judge. But uh, $200 Blue Man tees is good <laughs> for the environment. <laughs> First of all, forty. Um, not every vintage tee is two hundred dollars. Um, only one, only one, and it was one to two. Oh my god! Oh yeah, you were there. <laughs> Top two, and it's not two. It literally, it's not two. Shouts to Tim McAuliffe, who uh, you know, I, I guess uh, you know, caught some feelings that we only had him on once last season. It's kinda, this is the official report. It is kind of wild to me that Tim has like an official made man has just like yeah. I wanted his show more than he wanted ours. So that's on you as the producer, man. We got to at least be even. Okay, I got to take you know the blame I mean? sometimes. That's a big platform, man. They shout us out all the time. I got to take the blame sometimes. Yeah, uh, anytime I don't want it, uh, you take it. So. But I saw Tim, you know, got to interview Nick. So that's a tough one for us. I'm not trying again. to take Nick from him, man. Although the one time he did come on radio, we did ask him if he can give us Nick. And we didn't like, ask, we begged. And um, he was like, you guys are, you guys should be happy with my presence or <laughs> my presence is a presence kind of thing, oh. you know? Yeah, no, he, he went hove on us. No, I think I wanted to run into Bobby because, you know, at, at Global Jam, I had asked to see Bobby's phone at the height of the Kevin Durant rumors mm. uh, while he was wearing a tie-dye shirt, by the way. By, by the way, we did suggest to Lindsay Dunn that she should do a segment going shopping with Bobby um, at Urban Outfitters. <laughs> it's Urban said. Outfitters. Man. West 49. Boathouse. Is Boathouse <laughs> still around? <laughs> Boat talk. Oh, um, God. But, yeah, I wanted to run into Bobby again today and be like, hey, show me your final offer for Kevin Durant. <laughs> like, Yo, why are you like the teacher in the classroom <laughs> walking on the room and be like, yo, yo, show me your steps? What do you think was the Raptors? I know we're over this, and we're only going to spend one minute on it. But what do you think was the Raptors' final offer to Kevin, for Kevin Durant? It must have been a low ball offer. OG and Gary plus picks. Hmm. 
It's my best. It's my How best many guess. picks? Two? I don't know. Three or four, I guess. Okay. Depends. I mean, some of them are, like, protected or whatever. Yeah. I don't know, man. Oh, buried the lead here, too. Uh, Fred Van Fleet saw you in your uh, Zara rack. Yep. Blazer. Yep. And was like, damn, man, this guy wearing a suit now? Yeah, you know, a little dap from Fred. Again, I'm a made man. Yeah. We're, we're both made men. You're made, too. Damn, man. Y'all yeah. have been made. This guy man. shouting out uh, the Raptors PR staff, top to bottom, the full starting five. <laughs> no, you Yo, a made Josh, man, man. Josh, on, send man. me the directory, man. I'm going to do a freestyle and include every person's no, name in the org. No, in the, in the wake um, of recent NBA news, we're just going to have to leave NBA directories alone. Oh, <laughs> Tim, if you're listening, you know, would love more Giants of Africa merch. You know, love the initiatives. Uh, that the foundation it's a does, charity. Stop and, for and I would love to charity. to represent them when we when we go oh, back on air. Actually, a huge win for me. I ran into my OVO plug here at Hotel X. Oh, salute! And uh, gonna work to secure some Raptors OVO merch. This I is have, really our life, man. I can't believe it. Well, this is my life. I locked down more merch today than you locked down Raptors player interviews. Um, which That's is true. which is pretty good. Do you have That's anything true. else to add before we do a quick segment? On Mark Savell's wonderful wedding, Mark and Adriana, on Friday, where we ran into some listeners as well and hung out with the spicy meatball Joseph Cacharo. Is there anything from Media Day that we might not have covered that William Liu would like to talk about? Um, I mean, like, there's also the regular reporter stuff. Like, I was just posted up, hearing people have conversations, you know. Masai and Precious have a nice bond. You know, Masai was talking about how Precious... Uh, went to fashion week that's right um said he wore a couple of nice blouses and then fred was like i didn't know y'all wear blouses over there and he's like it's not a blouse it's a it's a, it's a kilt mm. something like that i don't know man but hey anyway, i was not trying to use i wasn't trying to use job they were just right beside me but i was like okay it's cool man like these guys are like there's a real connectivity in the group you know seeing Masai operate with the players it's just a real family atmosphere you it know is. and i think that until he's got to trade you I mean, it is, but listen, there's a way to handle that. Like, obviously, everyone knows that they're pros, right? You know, like, you know, one day, if I have to come to you, I'm like, yo, Alex, bro, the jokes aren't hidden anymore. Like, Ooh. you know, but uh, will we still be friends? Probably, you know? So, no. So as, the first industry's got to raise the bar for me to fall off. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh, damn. Whoops, did I say that? Uh, but, you know, um, like, it, it's just cool, man. And I think the start of the press conference, like, there was a lot of discussion over, I think the first question from Doug to um, Masai was like, What's going on in the NBA? You have Kyrie Irving with the Vax stuff. You got uh, you, you got Ime Udoka. You got uh, Robert Sarver. You got uh, Aaron Gordon. You got John Morant, or or you got a- Anthony Edwards. I don't think Ja did anything, by the way. So I'm sorry for including Ja. But it's like he just listed off like NBA players doing controversial stuff, and he's like, "Is the activism falling off?" At first off, I'm like, "Okay, can we just like just relax for a second? Like, I don't think the he activism, said it's activism is... in its flop era. I was like, "What are you?" For first off, like. A lot of times reporters have specific stories that they want to write. I get and you. they just want I that specific you. quote. Right? And that's, it's not a bad question in the sense of, like, I want Masai to comment on sort of where he is in the organization. Because it's like, newsflash, if you have any dirt in your organization, this is your chance to, cl- to clean up right now. Yes, but also, like, I think, I, think, I think people would agree, too. Like, no organization is perfect. No organization is perfect. Sports Even the Raptors, who, you, who, 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 who I love, who you love, who yeah. everyone who's listening to this pod loves. Yeah. Like, I'm sure the Raptors aren't perfect. I'm not trying to say anything because I really don't no, know anything. But, no. like, you just got to assume, right? This is but, just the reality of, of how, like, companies and organizations are put but, together. That's true. But then at the same time, you're like, you think about it, and you're like, these guys really do have their heads in the right places, man. They really, really do. Like, you have, like... You know, you got, you got Pascal sponsoring a new, you know, law program. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. over at um, at TMU. You got you got Scotty's doing some stuff too, right? Yeah, bro. Scotty's doing you know. Fred's always been involved. Fred's uses podcasts to put on black entrepreneurs, BIPOC yeah. entrepreneurs. You know, like Chris Boucher. Nick got a foundation. How many cha- how many coaches in the league got got, got charity foundations? How many how many coaches in the league got charity foundations? You know. Uh, well, you got direct, Doc Rivers got likes. Direct direct phone number to the Arkells, and uh, I mean I have that too. <laughs> I'm a made man, baby. Oh shoot! Yeah, that's right. And uh, like four colorways of his own hat. So you you about to have four colorways of your own hat too? But TBD. Not, you guys can wear it. I literally can't wear that. Yeah, hat. TBD. But no, I hear you. I no, hear but it's you. it's like no, it's cool. Like when you like, okay, it's so, cool to cover this organization. It's cool to be around these people. You know, at least from the leadership down, yes. that they're in a good, solid place. Yeah, and, right. And, and the again, Raptors, maybe and the we'll Raptors have more, had but, eras where it probably was not fun to be around. I don't think from any the top era, down, from like outside of this one was fun. From front office, from players, like you know, I think, and it's you know, I think people sometimes overreact when it's like, oh, a player like OG is not happy with his role. I think that's just natural. That's run of the mill. No, like it's very natural man. in the NBA, and it wasn't even from his camp. Yes, like it's well, very natural. We'll, we'll see, but you know, but like not. outside of all that stuff, it's like there's a great group here. There's great chemistry, and hopefully we can continue. Like hopefully we can continue that. Yep, that's yeah. how you build a successful organization. Like it's yeah. the other stuff is important too, but like fundamentally, it's uh, Listen, you got to be good we, we people. Could, could you got to go be good, like good people past, at the end of the day. We man. could go through like that's the past all this three, was, four years and pick out stuff about the Raptors organization that's been disappointing. Uh, that's fine, in, but in terms it's of like things that they reacted to. So. Well, yeah, but like again, like that's it's all I'm saying. I just always want to be just fair in that way. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We're not we're not trying to lionize them, but it was real comfort, comforting being in the space and hearing people have. Yeah, mature so, and honest answers about it. So the conclusion from Media Day uh, is that Will is a made man, and I, I don't, I don't believe uh, there's any anything else. Yeah. So. Yeah. Who are your three stars for for Media Day? Three stars for Media Day. Um, first star is Josh Sue. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's not Josh. Man. Yeah, Sorry. We've like, definitely changed up now. We're just pure sucking up to the Raptors PR team. Well, I mean, they do decide how much access we get. Uh, yeah. It's pretty important. Josh, I'm hitting you up about that potential uh, first yeah. day on air guest. All right. Well, relax. Yeah. Um, but man, who's the first star for me? You're not giving it to Josh. You just gave it to Josh. You're not going to take it away. No, probably Lindsay. I'm going to give it to Lindsay. Okay. Lindsay first star, a lot of great questions. First star is Lindsay Dunn. Lindsay Second Dunn. star, Second Josh star, Sue. Chris Boucher, and Josh has you a third both, star. You just took the first star away from Josh, man. Yeah. You're clearly not a politician. Uh, no, but... Like, uh, what? Know. Who was your Gerald Henderson? Gerald Henderson was Ken Birch, who was the other Mysterious interview that oh, we did. Oh, okay. Yeah, wow. Um, people are really, uh, you know... I know people are, like, obviously... Suspenseful. Look, realistically, uh, there. you know, yeah. it's not going to be, like, the most anticipated thing, because obviously people aren't expecting that much from Kem. What I will say is that Kem is very... Uh, honest and open, sometimes even blunt. Okay. Which makes for a good interview. Okay. Um, you know, are you was... saying you're a Ken Birch stan, uh, just like the Twitter account? No, but um, oh, okay. but okay. I, I, I'm actually a little relieved that Ken doesn't have socials, so he didn't see any of my tweets. Not to say I, I criticize him too much. Well, I was just like, Wendy Sparks, you, you know, moms, you know, moms be sending that stuff over, man. Yeah, that's true. But listen, I already I talked to him at the start of the interview. Like, he's getting mic'd up, and we're sitting down. Obviously, got to do the sound test, count to yeah. 10, all that kind of stuff, you know, before the camera turns on. Mm, you know, they got, someone got to come through and do the right clap, now. you know, you know, just to. Did you have makeup to applied to and everything? I had no makeup, man. I mean, I probably could have used some makeup considering that I woke up quite early for this, um, but. You know, it's fine. It's fine. Um, and Will didn't complain about any of this the last I'm, I'm five I'm quite days. tired. I'm not going to lie he to you, He was man. so excited uh, for media day and everything that came with it. No, I'm a very chill guy, and I've been going hard 
Yeah, four, I hate mornings. I, I spilled coffee on my Alanis Morissette t-shirt today. I don't want to hear today. anything, bro. You live 10 minutes from That's this location tough. by bike, and um, I live like an hour drive. Yeah, well, once like. again, hit up Mark Savelle um, if you're looking to move to the core. Um, so speaking of Savelle, are we ready for but this yeah. final recap? So for people, listening, yeah, for people listening to basketball, thank you for tuning in. This is a lot more basketball than usual, so thank We've, you very We much. flipped the script. We flipped the script. Well, um, the newsflash, the Raptors are the same team as they were last year, but uh, maybe more, maybe better in terms of just continuity and certain players making a jump. Yeah. And, but Masai and, says not fully a championship team yet, which, again, I'm a little surprised he said that. Not saying that he doesn't fully believe it or he didn't speak the truth, but he just always is like... I like a, a boss man who's realistic, though. Especially a boss man who's won a championship. I'm not, I want him to be, come over here and be like, I promise all the fans that we're going to win a championship today or this season. But, but there's a difference between the goal is a championship versus do I think we're going to win a championship this season. The goal is always championship. But Masai would be sitting there lying to himself. If, if he said that, nah. I think we can win a championship. You would have said cap from, <laughs> from the back of the back of the hotel X. Uh, yeah, and they, what was up with the what was up with the, the venue too? That's like a place where people get married. It feels like. Yeah, this is a very nice venue. It's like, um, it's like, it's maybe like maybe second the, to the Arlington Estate where Mark Savelle got married. Damn, talk um, about it. Yeah. By the way, so shouts to uh, you know Mark Savelle, friend of the program, uh, longtime friend for me. Not uh, you know not he's not really friends with Will. Um, you what? know, in, invited Will to the wedding for star power. Um, this wedding did not need star power. Oh also, my congrats God. to Adrian as well. Come on. C- congrats to Adriana. Um, shouts to her mom, Ruby. Um, we definitely got to go to Pearl for dim sum soon on that. But what a wonderful wedding, man. Uh, honestly, like I'm trying to think of a better wedding that I've been at. And it's hard. What about your own? Oh, okay. Uh, definitely haven't thought about that one in a while. So I'm a little bit rattled. What, what, was, that? what, was, what was going on at your wedding, man? What were, what were some of the Maui. highlights? I was in Maui. Bro, you, know? you were in Maui and you're saying this is a better wedding. Yeah, yeah. No, you know. Uh, you know, love is possible, you know, after after seeing Mark and Adriana on, on Friday. But what a beautiful venue. I know you showed up a little bit late. I didn't show uh, up late, man. With, with, with your partner. But the, pre, the pre-meal spread was incredible. Okay, cocktails. Okay, cocktail hour was 6 to 7, and then yeah. dinner started at 7. There was Five. a lot of traffic, and I got there for 6.55. Yeah, top like, shelf alcohol. Um, it was just amazing. And, like, Savelle didn't cut any corners. He did not cut any corners. You know, when they did dances, there was live singers there, and there was people playing live instruments. Mm, like a whole band. Like I'm the, not like a whole band, yeah. but like the, the a, meal, a, a violinist, a, a saxophone Yeah, the player. meal was incredible, and halfway through... Three courses. Halfway through the speeches, he's, he asked everybody in the room to go outside, and they had a whole fireworks show. For like five minutes, man. An entire fireworks show. Just... I mean, that was incredible. And, you know, he also had a 10-foot robot, which, um, which crashed right. the dance floor. He told me, because you didn't realize this, because Adriana is half Chinese. Yes. So there was a lot of Chinese family. A lot of Chinese in family. In attendance. I, I said there, would be, there were more Chinese people here than it would be at my wedding. Yeah. And apparently, um, you know, Ruby, Adriana's uh, mom, rejected the idea of maybe doing, like, a traditional dragon dance thing. Like, she didn't so, want okay. that. No line dancing. So he got a robot instead. They couldn't have done a dragon boat, like, race <laughs> in the little creek at the I, back. I, I feel like, you know, we've hyped up Mark Savelle, you know, realtor, best realtor in the city. And, and you know, speaking of made men, like, Savelle is, is obviously a made man. I feel like you look at him a little differently coming off this wedding. Oh, absolutely. well, first off, I already knew, like, this is the level that he was on. Yeah. But seeing it in execution and action, you know, it was great. And honestly, to him, it was like, he's still a real 
personable guy. Like he's just a down to earth guy. You he's, know, like he's like one of the most humble guys I know. And I, exactly, like, I, I told him this in person too. I'm like, yo, like I just love you as a person, and yeah. I'm just so happy for Mark and Adriana. You know, over the how years. many drinks were you did you have at that point? Uh, you know, this? I believe I had seven uh, dirty Shirley Temples. Oh yeah, um, dirty uh, Temples. Uh, Shouts to Joseph Cacharo. Um, and, and, you know, uh, shouts to the Queen, Nicole, as well. They put me on the espresso martini uh, towards the end after you left. Mm. Um, so I was, on, I was on a wave. I was on such a wave, I pulled, uh, I requested three songs from the DJ. Um, he definitely wanted to knock me out by the third time I walked up there. Um, so I made Mark Savelle go and request uh, Chainsmokers, uh, Call You Mine, which is a wonderful what? song. It was a banger. Um, so Inter- apo- Interesting artist choice. Apologies if... <laughs> It's interesting, you know. It's interesting. Um, you know, uh, you know. Apologies to anyone who had to hear that song on the dance floor. And no, apologies to the one fan that was in there. Shouts to um, there was pizzas at the end of the night, like ice Not cream. Surprise, late night. It was snack. amazing. Like no, no cutting corners. And you also caught me streaming the Blue Jays game. They were losing to the Rays, and yeah, they lost. The game. I don't think you've ever seen me uh, that passionate about a, a sporting event, bro. This guy said, "Damn." Like out loud <laughs> in the Tim Mesa in, in, through one ball in in uh, in the middle of a fifth wedding inning. fifth inning fifth inning yep. bases empty one out a single I mean I think that single one does, one on the score well, Randy Orozarena ended up hitting a three run home run oh, that just bounced over this, the fence man? So, man, shout out to that guy's name man catch me catch me at uh, that guy's Jay's name is really Rice Arena <laughs> catch me catch me at Jay's Yankees uh, all this week and once again I'm turning 38 on Sunday if any. Brands want to send me stuff, uh, size XL tops. Man, I, I got to send you stuff, man. Uh, yeah, I'll send you a list of things that I want. Um, okay, that's fine, yeah. No, but quick shout-outs to a few people before we wrap up. You know, obviously, Mark and Adriana. Want Yo, to shout thank out you to, for sharing the day want with Want to shout-out to Mark Savelle's sister, Janelle, um, and um, Tristan, who was with her as well. Tristan's a huge listener, um, so promise a shout-out there. Shouts to Marky, the best man. That, that's another made man right there. No, that's, he's he's made. Yo, man. apparently they do legendary pranks, and I was asking Marky what's the, like the wildest prank he's ever pulled on Mark. And like one time, I by the way, the two best friends are named Mark. Yeah, both Mark, named Mark. Mark that's and Marky. Ridiculous. Yeah, um, it's like a but, TV show on like. <laughs> He apparently one time Mark was on vacation and he got into his place and rearranged his living room into his bedroom. That's like this pro- is the, damn. First of all, that's um, crazy. It's effort, making me man. question every security system. Um, but, no, he just told the security guy, "I'm Mark. <laughs> <laughs> this is my house. This security is Mark's house." Cap. Um, and, and lastly, shouts to Brenda, listener of the show and friend of Mark mm, Savelle. Yep. You know, people from the Banterpod series know that I've um, you know complained about just how expensive it is to go to movies and buy popcorn. And, you know, Brenda was kind enough to come up, uh, you know, to us and, and g- give us red pockets. And inside was a Cineplex gift card. Mm. Um, so super appreciative of that. And yep. also, like, I forgot my wedding card. So I did reluctantly buy a wedding card, um, but forgot it at the hotel that I was staying at. Um, so I, I was going to just give Mark straight cash, like, just hand it to him. That's kind of hard. But also, like, what's he going to do with the cash, man? Like, he's, he's a wedding. Like, he's, yeah. he can't just put the cash in his pocket kind of thing. Like, So uh, the red pocket I ended up using to, to put in the, in the gift box. Yes. And then so. you signed the red pocket with your Twitter handle. Yes, yeah, Stephen LeBron. What, what's, what's the thought process there? Because you know him personally. He knows you in real life. You didn't have to sign his Twitter handle. Yeah, I just think he would appreciate it more because Mark thinks we're, like, celebs. Like, we're a big deal. So, so to get that from him, mm. you know, to, for him to get that envelope from me, you know, I think 
it, it, you know, we're even now. It's you cultural know? too, you know. It's yeah, nice. he's bought me lunch the last like eleven years. I paid for one house of Cham meal, but I think we're even now. Well, you also bought a condo from him, so I think that pays oh. for a lifetime of meals. Actually, that might have been my ex-wife's sister. <laughs> so you're telling me you're getting free meals? And, no, because she was oh, also man. a realtor. But I know Mark on the back end when I do sell this property is he's gonna recoup. Yeah, right? where are you gonna go? Um, I'm not sure yet. Yeah, don't um, sell your property, man. Anyways. Um, that was it, man. Shout, honestly, shout to Mark Savelle. Shout to Mark Savelle. And also, by the way, like, I, I wish I could have spent more time at the wedding. Obviously, it was amazing. Um, yeah, so you were, like, you were on a cottage trip I had another event weekend. that I was literally booked at for like a year in advance mm. where a, a very close friend of mine from high school and also another high school friend as well, um, they got married. They actually did the thing where they got married like separately, more of a smaller event, and then just uh, invited everyone to the cottage. Nice. So it was great, man. I was just in Huntsville for the weekend. Very beautiful. The place had like seven or eight living rooms. And I'm not even saying that in like a positive way. I'm just like, you can't just decorate every space with couches and a TV and a fireplace. Mm. But that's kind of the thing. And we had like 20 people up there. And uh, it was a great time, man. Hopped in the water. Caught some, you know, some, some friends caught some fish. You oh, know, damn. Watched the Blue Jays. I just imagine the fish just sticking to your body. When watched you the NFL the Red Zone. It's like we got a beast in the water. Uh, <laughs> lost at poker, unfortunately. Oh, you know, was up, but then chased three straight uh, three flush draws in a row, and okay. none of them okay. hit. Basically, the end is special. I'm not even gonna. Oh. That's not even end is slander. It's just it's probably not listening at this point. And if you do, send me the usual complaining via text. Yeah, it's all good. But yeah, no, that wraps it up for media day. So what's Will, the plan? What's the plan? Will is heading off to the Amalfi Coast. I'm not going um, to the Amalfi so Coast. So he's going to be there. I've been there for like a day. Out of and he like will 14. return right before the start of the season. Uh, you know, so I will do a pod next week. Um, so Will's gone for two weeks. So I'll I'll do a pod each of the next two weeks. That's that's what I'm wow. guaranteeing. Two pods. Yeah. What are so you going to do, man? Joseph Cacharo is going to join me next week. Okay. Probably talk a little Raptors, obviously, because of the show title. But also maybe do more of a general NBA chat with him, mm. kind of previewing okay. the season. And then haven't decided yet on which guests or guests I'm going to have on the week after. But maybe do a quick season preview. But for people that are listening, we'll be back Monday to Friday starting on October 17th. Yes, that's So we're, right. that's what we're gearing up for. You know, you'll catch us on the podcast feed a little bit. I don't know if Will's going to be a psycho and, and do React Pods preseason. I'm not going to lie to you, man. I, I I will be bringing a microphone. Okay. Orrin or Weisfeld did say it'd be funny if I did one. Myself, if I did a preseason Yo, React Pod. Actually, though, why not? Oh, okay. It, first of all, it'll be eight to the minutes. Show. It'll be eight minutes. It, do, it doesn't man. matter how long it is. We need a solo pod of Alex reacting to a <laughs> Raptors preseason game. Probably Raptors... Uh, who are they playing? The Oilers in Edmonton? Like, no, they're playing the Utah Jazz <laughs> at like 9 p.m. Mountain time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, like, OG uh, versus Connor McDavid. You know, uh, Jeff face Down, uh, you know, great weak side help there in the third quarter. Yeah, a lot. Um, a good uh, dump and chase game from Jeff yeah, Down. Jeff yeah. Down Jr. also kind of sounds like a hockey player now that I'm saying <laughs> it out loud. Um, I think it would have to. Okay, here's the thing. If, if do, us, a, do a solo pod, man. No, but if, just let me know because I, I, might, I might be doing some as well. Oh, I think it'd be hilarious if we both dropped one. Um, Damn, we'll you know. see which one they got more listens. Oh uh, well, we, we, I already know. Yeah, first I mean, of all, mine will be seven minutes. That's fine, bro. It'd be no, great. it needs to be a classic preseason game. If the Raptors, what, what would a classic? Pre- if the Raptors okay. give us, if Jeff Down crosses up Payne Pritchard in Montreal for the game winner, the same way like that one time AI crossed up MJ. Yeah, so like, a double I'll, cross. You're gonna, he's gonna have to cross. I'll do he's a. Gotta, he's gotta give him a little bit. 
Yeah. They hit him with a full crossover. Yeah. Okay. Oh, by the way, shouts to Svi and Jalen Harris, both members of the New York Knicks now. That's right. Um, well, I mean, listen. And Utah is there as well, so I'm expecting oh, a he's hangout. He's in Brooklyn. But, I mean, like, it's going to be a hangout. So. Yeah, we can, I mean, I, I guess so. I think one thing when you take away from the Raptors is, like, if you can sign the guards of the Raptors didn't even want to play in a year where they had no guards, yeah. you got to do it, man. If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere, man. If you can't make it here, you can make it in New York. <laughs> That's literally what they said, man. No, I'm rooting for Svi. Um, obviously, so rooting yeah, for, for, for Utah shouts to Takashi. Yeah. And obviously, rooting for Jalen Harris as well. That's right, man. So, it'll be fun. No, I hope he makes it out of camp and all that stuff. Anyways. They're like, you're, you wanted Donovan Mitchell? <laughs> you kept the Donovan Mitchell yeah, of the CBL, man. Donovan Mitchell in Scarborough. Damn. Man, the Sam Wu Donovan Mitchell. Do, do you think that uh, Leon Rose was sitting courtside at CBL, too, or no? <laughs> This, either, man, this man took trips to Utah. It was either Leon Rose or Aaron Rose, man. Shout out to Aaron Rose. Damn, bro. This man said, um, this man really. No, he went called to him Utah. Bamberg Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> Yo, that's cap. That's hard cap. Yeah, you said, you want Mitchell? We got you UTM uh, Mitchell. <laughs> all right, so this is how it feels to do a regular size podcast. I'm yeah, very happy about we're done. this. Yeah, well, see, the I'm job's not done. tired. I'm going to hop on Jay's Talk Plus, go to the Jay's game with Spicy Meatball Joseph Cacharo. It's going to be great. How many tickets did you get from AK to, to do that story? Well, these were already secured way before the story was pitched. Huh. But I have put myself on the waiting list for playoff tickets. Yeah. Hmm. Everybody check out my Toronto Star feature behind the scenes. It was good, man. On the Jays. I read it. I read it at the social team. But, yeah, no, shouts to, um, shouts to AK and the team, man. Love them. If the Jays want to hire me, please hit me up. You know, I'm a big fan of my boy Mark Shapiro, oh, okay. Atkins, you know, Matty Davidson. Um, you know, so many great, great people in that organization. So you were a made man in two teams, huh? <laughs> Damn. All right. That, that wraps it for us, man. Please take us out, uh, host William Liu. That's right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the in-front-of-the-scenes and also behind-the-scenes coverage at Media Day. And, uh, yeah, as Alex mentioned, you'll have more pods. So check out the podcast feed and radio show, TV show, Sportsnet show. YouTube show will be out uh, October 17th. But uh, in the meantime, thanks everyone for listening. I'll be personally away for uh, two weeks. And uh, when I come back, we'll see you in the back. So thanks for listening.